Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. Amen. Well, I am your running host, Dean Thompson. Well, have you ever gone to an event and found out that you were different from everyone else? Maybe a little underqualified to be there, perhaps? Well, we're going to share a story about that. And then I'm going to talk about the greatest salesman in history. And I'm going to share his secret and then tell you how his secret applies to all of us. And joining me for those stories and so much more, once again, it is Run For God founder, Mitchell Hollis. Thanks for having me, Dean. How's your week been? It's been it's been a good week. You know, yeah. you know, it's it's that time of year we start doing festive things. Every we're just nonstop. We had a Christmas party, the Run for God Christmas party last night. Yep. And, and it was uh, fun. It was. Yep. Okay. And as of this recording, both of my boys are far, far away from home. They're in both of them are in South Africa. Um along with eight other people on a mission trip. So Holly and I are trying to learn how to do empty nesting over the next 10 days or so. So uh, we'll see how that goes. A little uncomfortable or? Well, you know, we just, we've never really been away from both of our boys for this long. We've been away from one of them at a time for, you know, a week or so. But um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Well. It's a a pretty cool thing that they're getting to do. So we're glad they're they're over there and get to, getting to experience this. Hey man, that's going to be awesome. Yep, for sure. Well, um, we had a Facebook post from last week. That was uh, <laughs> a lot of fun. It came from Mike Powers. Uh, again, if you're a run club person, you know who Mike Powers is. And he he was uh, he he had taken a picture of mm-hmm. a treadmill screen, mm-hmm. and um, he said this: "I wanted to run this morning, but wasn't excited about running in 30 degrees temps this morning. So I ran at the beach. I really wish I was running at the beach. I had a really great four plus mile run." Starting out, my legs were tight and not feeling it. However, my run only got better the longer I ran. I probably could have run another mile or two easily. Running on the treadmill is not my favorite, but I enjoyed the beach scenes while I ran. I'm finishing a bunch of errands. So far, a productive day, and there is still a lot of day left. You know, I saw this post, and I was very confused when I saw it because it wasn't completely obvious that it was a picture of his treadmill screen. Yeah. It yeah. looked like almost it was a picture of the beach, and I was so confused when I first saw it. It took me a minute to get it. but um, Yeah. But, you know, it's great. Well, first thing about this run is, isn't it great to have those runs where you don't feel good, yeah. and then you wind up feeling better than you thought, or yeah. things loosen up? I love those It runs. happens that way, it seems like, more than not. The older you get, the more yeah. often it happens. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, for sure. Sure. Well, you know, it's one of those things where technology, you know, we beat up on technology a lot. Mm-hmm. We talk about social media and how destructive it can be and, and all of those things. But, you know, technology is pretty cool, too. Yeah. And this is one of those occasions where, you know, listen, I, I, at 30 degrees, I don't think I'd be running indoors on a treadmill. Sure. But, you know, if you want to and you enjoy it, that's fantastic. You know, Lane just signed up for um you know, Lane's a triathlete, and he just signed up for this. Have you ever heard of Zwift? I have. And uh, so the other day, he he has a smart trainer, so he puts his bike on this on this trainer, and then he logs into Zwift, and he's he he did a crit race, cool. he, so a bike race. Yeah. 
And so he's racing other people, actually other people around the country or even around the world, I guess. And it's so smart that when he's racing and he, he gets in behind someone, he feels the draft. Like the bike eases up. Because, you know, if you're, if you're drafting at certain speeds, it can be up to 25, 30% easier. Yeah. And he can feel that. Huh. And uh, so when he steps on it and it pulls him out of the draft and he feels like if he starts to pass him, it's just amazing, the yeah. technology. And he can actually see who he's racing. And that's the cool thing is there's some of the pro bikers out there, you know, the the big names that every once in a while they'll get on Zwift and you you can get on and ride with them. Wow. And it's uh, – That's pretty cool. So, yeah, the technology's come a long way in the sports area. Yeah. Uh, especially the endurance sports. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I remember. I mean, treadmills, of course, it hadn't been that long ago when treadmills were, you didn't even have televisions on treadmills, mm-hmm. you know. And um, I remember a friend of mine telling me one time, he was, his girlfriend, fiance at the time, lived in Alaska. Mm-hmm. And the reason she went to, she went there for a couple of years, she was a teacher and she was going to make a big paycheck for a couple of years and help some folks out over there and then come back. So she was in this really remote part porch portion of, of Alaska on the Aleutian Islands. I mean, she was literally almost in Russia. Mm-hmm. And um, he told me, he said, go on there and check it out. You'll see why I can't run out there. And I checked it out. And sure enough, the place is just absolutely barren. It's like minus zero. It's it's under zero all the time. The wind's blowing 30 or 40 miles an hour all the time. You can't run outside. Wow. And uh, so he had to run on a treadmill. I guess you get used to it if you had to. Yeah. But, man, I'm glad I don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we live where we live, right? Yeah, for sure. Man, oh, man. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool. I know we need to unplug sometimes, um, and, and we do. We, mm-hmm. You know, it's really important. But technology has made endurance sports better um, in a lot of ways. I remember when CD players came out, you know, the portable CD players. <laughs> and when they first came out. You uh, were this guy. I was that guy. <laughs> I'm running with this CD player and my headphones. And I didn't, I didn't use it very often. But every once in a while, I wanted to go out and I would listen to music. And the problem with CD players when they first came out was they would skip yeah. if you ran with them. Yeah. Uh, and then they started doing this oversampling thing, and that made it where it, they didn't skip and all. But I was right there yeah. <laughs> on those things. It was fun. Uh, but, um, again, if you struggle with boredom, you know, first use that time to connect with God. Mm-hmm. But there are also other cool ways to adapt. And that's what Mike was doing here. Our trivia question from last week. There are events that take place in parks and other venues where they are timed, but there is no entry fee, no awards, and they're held weekly. What are these events called? Have you ever heard heard of this? I I have now that I see it, but I I thought it was no frills run. Yeah. You know, that's kind of the general definition of what you're talking about. Yeah, that's kind of the definition. Yeah. But but these are called park run. Yeah. And uh, it was an official event that started in, 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 in London, England. Um, they're 5k events that, you know, they're relatively easy to set up usually in some sort of park. Um, they're timed, you know, now that you say that, I don't mean to cut you off, but I do know where I've heard of them now. Val and Tom. Oh, did they? They've done park runs. Okay. Yeah. Which makes sense. Over in Northern Northern Ireland. Ireland. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, that's where I've heard of it. That's cool. Um, and, and these, they're free, they're weekly Mm -hmm. and they're time. So it's, it's pretty cool. You know, obviously there's no awards or anything like that, but, um, 
this is the official event. And the way that it works is apparently you get this like barcode. You sign up one time and you get this barcode. And then that barcode allows you to be timed in all of these events. And all you do is show up at the starting line. You don't have to register or do anything mm-hmm. like that. You just show up at the starting line, start with everybody else, and then finish and it records your time. That's pretty cool. Uh, it is a pretty, pretty cool thing. It started in 2004 with something called the Bushy Park Time Trial. Um, and of course, from there, it expanded to other communities in England, um, and they were called the UK time trials there for a while. And then the name was officially changed to Park Run in 2008. Um, and now there are over 1,500 park runs across the world. As a matter of fact, there's 65 locations in the United States. And I didn't realize there were any in the United States, but there are. Um, the closest to us is Atlanta and Knoxville. They're about equal distance, one north, one south. Um, and a great, great idea. I remember back when um, my oldest son was running cross country and the coach for that cross country team was trying to develop kids through the summer. And so he had these unofficial events. They were on th- uh, Tuesday nights, I think. Uh, and uh, everybody would just show up. We'd have this race again, no frills. And it was a lot of fun to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so this got started with a guy named Paul Sinton Hewitt. And the way that he started this was he was depressed because he had been injured mm-hmm. and he want just, he wanted to hang around with his running friends and he was trying to figure out, well, how can I still be part of the community even though I can't run? And so he created these park runs, mm-hmm. uh, just one of those little things. Apparently the guy was, de- I mean, he had a serious depression issue. He's like, I-, I need to be involved. And, um, that's how this whole thing got started. Isn't that cool? Yeah. I just love it. Necessity is the mother of invention, right? (laughs) (laughs) Upward Sports equips churches to run self-sustaining sports ministries in their communities. Whether you're a sports fanatic or on staff at a church, Upward Sports will give you all the tools you need to run a first-class sports ministry that allows you to reach families in your community. Upward Sports offers basketball, soccer, flag football, cheerleading, volleyball, baseball, and softball through league and camp offerings. At Upward Sports, we want to help your church make a difference and give you increased opportunities to share the gospel. Learn more today at Upward.org. That's Upward.org. Right, we're back and as always um, we can use your stories we need your we need to hear stories and um, we love to hear them we love to share them and we're about to share somebody's story and so if you haven't shared your story with us go to runforgod.com go to submit your story mm-hmm. and write your story uh, because somebody needs to hear it absolutely so how, how big of a deal do you think running form is I think it's a big deal, but I don't think it's as big a deal as many people make it out to be. Yeah. I think it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like a golf swing. You know, there's there's the right way to do it, but other ways can get the job done. Yeah. And I think it's the way with running form. So if, you know, I'm in the I'm in the camp of thinking that if if your running form is working and it's not getting you injured, there, there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. And I think that's the main key. Yeah. Is we don't we don't. Can running form make you more efficient runner, make you run a little bit faster? Sure. Yeah, it can. It can. 
but the, the main reason to fix running form is to prevent injuries. Yeah, um, and but you can also cause injury by, tr- by attempting to fix running form. There's some people, I'm thinking of Rebecca Poe. Yeah. You know, she, from the, from the kind of the industry standard, she did not have ideal running form, but it worked for her. And every time he tried to change it, she wound up injured. That's right. She so, had a stress fracture in like a week. Yeah. Changing her running form. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. Well, I remember so, that. Yeah, that was, you got to be careful. And, you know, a lot of people say if I could just fix my running form, I would be faster. Well, that's not necessarily always the case. Yeah. Yeah. Running form is a little tricky, too, to it fix. Is. Because, yeah. like, I'll talk to people. A lot of people are conf- are really focused on their arms right. when they run, right? They're worried about how their arms – and a lot of people, they'll run and their arms are crossing their body. Sure. And they think, I need to quit – doing that with my arms the problem with that is is what's it's not your arms crossing your body that's causing other problems it's the other problems that are causing your arms to yeah, cross your yeah. body right yeah so if you're one of those people who uh, the i call it a lingering leg where, right. where you when on your pushback your leg stays back too far before you pull your knee back forward if you're that person well the reason why your arms are going across your center line is because you're you're com- overcompensating yeah. For that. Sometimes it's the symptom, not the problem. Right, right. And so sometimes that's the problem with form is you try to fix one thing and you're really, you may make yourself more injury prone. Right. So that's why you've got to be be really, really careful with doing that. But, and here's the other thing about arms is, I don't know if you saw, but um, of course, you know that we've got a local girl here who's one of the fastest girls locally, maybe the fastest girl here in our county, at least, mm-hmm. um, who has only has half an arm mm-hmm. on one side. Um, great girl, but there's also a girl in the NCAA. I, she, I want to say she finished somewhere in the thirty something range at the NCAA championships this mm-hmm. year. Who only had one arm, like her arm is is cut off at the uh, at the shoulder, right. and um, so that that tells you that arms aren't nearly as right. important. I remember reading a study that said that arms are only about three percent of your your total efficiency. Yeah. So that's not much. Yeah, I think just sometimes we overthink it. We do, we do. So don't do that. Don't don't worry about that too much. I get more. I probably get more questions about that than anything else. Mm-hmm. So don't worry too much about. It. If you're staying healthy, like you said, don't worry about it. Sure. Well, have you ever showed up for a running event and then figured out <laughs> maybe you didn't quite fit in? <laughs> well, Shannon Clifford did, and it turned out great. This is called running my own race. No embarrassment necessary. Never having considered myself to be athletic, it was a little strange when in my 40s I felt an unexplainable attraction to running. I talked to a few people about it, but didn't receive any encouragement. Rather, I was told you'll ruin your knees amongst other discouraging things. Nevertheless, I gave in to what I now know was God's prompting, gathering my courage and took the plunge. I had received an invitation to join a fundraising team, and after talking to one of their recruiters, I decided that since I would be fundraising for a cause, it didn't really matter if I was actually any good at running. Also, I would have coaches to help me learn how to participate in this sport. My first event was a half marathon, and I was hooked. I had always compared myself to other people when it came to physical things, so I struggled with calling myself a runner or an athlete, but God was using running to teach me that he created me to be me, not someone else. I have heard a quote that says, comparison kills contentment, Mm. and wow, isn't that the truth? 
I live in Flagstaff, Arizona, where many athletes come to train. When I had been running for less than a year, Team USA had an ad in the local paper inviting any community members to join them for a downtown mile on National Running Day. If we showed up and signed their roster, they would donate a pair of shoes to a needy child. And so I thought, why not? This was another step outside my comfort zone, but God was helping me and I felt good about the decision. I arrived early at the coffee shop where the meetup took place and signed the roster. Some people there, uh, some people there from Team USA introduced themselves and were very welcoming. When the rest of the team started arriving, there was no doubt who they were. They were very athletic looking people with those long, lean muscles that people I consider to be real runners have, kind of like Dean. As it turns out, it, well, I was the only community member not a part of the team who had shown up to run with them. As soon as we started out, I knew I was running too fast. Before long, I had to walk, but kept going. Then those pushing baby, babies in strollers started passing me. Soon I was running all by myself. When I first started my running journey, I had a fear that the real runners would pass me like a herd of gazelles, and that is exactly what happened that day. But guess what? God used my experiences of the previous months to get me past feeling embarrassed, and I was able to laugh while this was happening. There is such freedom in running your own race. When I arrived back at the coffee shop, the wife of one of the runners was there waiting for the runners who had already taken off on a longer group run down our urban trail. She asked me if I knew who Team USA were, to which I answered, no. (laughs) She explained they were Olympic hopefuls training in Flagstaff for the summer, and that is how I came to run with potential Olympians. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Just like Team USA welcomed me, Jesus meets us where we are and allows us to run alongside him, helping us to grow and achieve things we never thought we were capable of without any embarrassment. He is the best coach ever. Man, I love that story. It is good. I've got one similar to it, but it didn't turn out the same way. I'll explain later. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, Shannon gets it. This is, yeah, it's how, how many times do we hear this? How many times do we hear that people, they don't want to enter this sport because it's full of a bunch of real runners. And I'm putting that in air quotes. Um, And that's just, that's, I don't know if I'd say that's the evil one, but it's, it's, it's It's doubt. close to that. It's doubt creeping in. Um, This is not a, a sport just for the elites. Look at the elites and be inspired. Don't look at the elites and be intimidated. For sure, for sure. Yeah, m- most of the time, the people around you, regardless of who they are, I know a lot of people, they'll look at the, these people and they think, well, you know, they're, they're looking down on me. But, Mm-mm. man, oh, man, most so of the opposite. time. Yes, those people are not looking down on you. You know, I share that story, hey, fat girl, Yeah, um, uh, that I've shared a number of times in, in that story. That's not a story that you titled. I, no. That's a story that somebody else titled, That's right. writing about themselves. That's right. Yeah. And it was all about... You know, that that I, we admire those people right. who go out there and they do it. And, you know, maybe they clearly look like they don't belong there, right? Sure. I mean, for sometimes that's the way it works. Man, we I am in awe of people who sure. do that. It's easy for me. 
right. right? It's it's hard for folks like that, and and I just think it's awesome when yeah. somebody is willing to put themselves out there like this. It's just fantastic. Sure, you just got to quit what worrying about what other people think. Um, if you're having fun, that's what matters. Right. And exactly. If, and it, you know what? Here's the thing, and because I've been in this situation before, where you know. I, worked with kids and you know a lot you know a lot of times kids think us adults we're just you know we're we're goofy and we're we're not clued in and stuff (laughs) sometimes they're right and sometimes they're right but doesn't bother me a bit right not at all (laughs) i'm still right right where i am we're cut from that same cloth (laughs) thing that's right well you don't care uh god just wants to see you come with the right heart that's right galatians 110 says for i am now seeking the favor of people or of god excuse me let me start over galatians 1 10 for i am now seeking the no, favor no of, no no back up for am i for am i <laughs> we're having a hard time here that little one. switch is a big switch it is right yeah galatians 1 10 <laughs> for am i now seeking the favor of people or god or am i striving to please people if I were still trying to please people, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. And she, this just nails it on the head. Yeah. yeah. Who, who are you trying to please? That's right. Yep. She goes on to say, if we listen to the discouragement we often re- sometimes receive from people, like I got when I started talking about running, rather than the prompting of the Holy Spirit, we won't fulfill the calling that God has on our lives. Input is good, but ultimately, we need to go in the direction that the Lord is leading us. Mm. Man, how many things out there would not be out there had the person that invented them, started them, produced them, listened to the naysayers? Man, really? That's a good point. Almost everything. Yes. Yeah. And especially the things of God, because the things of God are usually much bigger than we are. And there'll be those around us that say, you can't do that. And they're right. Yeah. But you're not the one doing this. It's yeah. God doing it through you. And that's what we got to hold on to. Yep. And yes, God will call you to run. God does call people to do that. Yep. Um, and if you've, just like Shannon, if you feel like God's prompting your heart, then then go for it. Don't worry about what other people feel, think. Don't worry, the, worry about how other people look like. Don't, other, don't worry about what other people are going to say or do. Do it. And this is particularly hard today, right? Sure. I think about young kids when, you know, TikTok is a oh, is a big thing with the younger generation. And what will happen is they'll I don't know how these things catch on, but there'll be something that's that catches on. Right. Sure. It's a, a particular dance or a particular I don't know what, you know, there'll be this little thing that's a right. 30 second thing and everybody has to do it. They've yeah. got to jump on board and be part because if they don't. They're not cool enough, right? right? Or, you know, I don't know what the word would be today. But, but that I, I see that all the time. Of course, working with a lot of younger athletes. Sure. I, I remember... Um, I can I remember kids that they won't even ask for directions or anything because they're afraid of what people are going to think about them. And... Um, we got we to gotta be, be, be bold and be willing sure. to be out there and put ourselves out there um, because that's okay. You got to be willing to fail. That's true. Yep, yep. And of course, we've as adults, we've done it too. Remember the ice bucket challenge? <laughs> yeah. I got caught up in that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, since we also have such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us rid ourselves of every obstacle and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking only at Jesus, the originator and perfecter of the faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. She goes on to say, if I had let my self-consciousness dictate whether or not I started running, I would still be sitting on the couch. We must rid ourselves of every obstacle and run with endurance, looking only to our life coach, Jesus, for direction. Hmm. I love that picture of Jesus with the stopwatch and the whistle and the clipboard. I can I can <laughs> see that in my head right now. That's a, that's a good word picture there. It is. It is. Yeah, when we don't take direction from our coach, Jesus, um, we're, we're, we're weighed down. Yeah. That, that's what this scripture is saying because um, we're not following the direction for our lives. Um, and so I, I, I thought about this analogy. What does it mean to entangle us, right? Mm. And I thought about, I, I have a, I, I, I don't like gas-powered implements, because I have a hard time with small engines. <laughs> so um, so I buy, I buy battery-powered stuff, but before battery-powered stuff, I've got a blower that it has a cord mm. attached to it. And that's what I use a lot of the time in my yard. Now, I have a cordless one too, but I, this, I've got a corded one, and I use it regularly. And um, it's got 150 feet of extension cord attached to it. <laughs> well, a lot of times, if I just take that, I, you know, I keep it coiled up on the wall. If I take it down and I just throw it down and I just yank on that mm. thing, it's going to get all tangled up. Right. I have to take the time to untangle that extension cord to make sure that it, I can use it the way I need to use it. And it only takes a few minutes. Right. To just get it untangled mm-hmm. and then I can use it however I want to. It's kind of like our, our, our spiritual lives. Right. Mm-hmm. We need to take that time. We can't just rip the cord off the, the wall throw it on the ground and then start doing what we have to do. We, we need to be prepared. We need, if when, when, once you get that cord prepared, once you go to God, once you get him involved, he'll make sure that the job is smooth, mm. right? Mm. I don't know if that's a good example or it's not. It's a very good example. Yeah, I've never heard. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't realize you were, you were the guy with the cord. Yeah, so, I know. Blower. Right. Yeah, yeah, you and small engines, I mean, yeah, y'all don't get along well. No, no, I don't like them. I don't like them at all. <laughs> About like you and uh, sound systems over here. Yeah, well. <laughs> I digress. Uh, Philippians 1 6, for I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work among you will complete it by the day of Christ Jesus. She says, we may start out doing something in a small way, as in running, but as we persevere, we work our way to completion. Completion of a 5K, 10K, half marathon, marathon, ultra marathon, and beyond. In the same way, we grow spiritually as we persevere through the difficult things in life, ultimately coming to completion on the day we meet Jesus face to face. Won't it be great when he's waiting for us at the finish line and we receive the medal he places around our neck, proclaiming we are a finisher? Wow. Not only a finisher, a victor. That's right. That's the cool thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's hard for us non-participation trophy people to get a hold of, isn't it? Right. You know, it's, we are really all winners yeah. in that case, right? Um, and as long as, you know, we, we talk about 
growing, right? And and as long as I've run, you know, I've run all these years, I've run so many miles, and I still learn new stuff all the time. And in our spiritual life, there's always more. Mm-hmm. There's always more to learn. There's always more depth, you know. The but we have to be deliberate about it. It's mm-hmm. like when we run a marathon, we need to be deliberate about how we prepare for that marathon. We need to be deliberate about how we prepare our spiritual lives as well, right? Yeah. Um, it's, it's really it's kind of like an onion. You know, you, I've heard this analogy before. You peel off that first layer and there's another layer. Yeah. And you pull off that next layer and, you, and, it, and, and it gets more intense the deeper yeah. you go. And that's, that's kind of like it is when I walk with Christ. There's, yeah. you, you're never, it's kind of like when, when I had, when God convicted me that running had become an idol in my life, I, what did I do? I had 12 t-shirts made and I said, me and God, we're good. Yeah. And then he peeled back another layer. there was another layer of that onion, and it was teach a class. Mm -hmm. And I fought it, and I taught that first class, and I said, we're good. And those layers just keep – there's no – you never get to the core. The core is when we meet Jesus face-to-face. Yeah. You've you've never got it licked. You're never complete. And that's where we get in trouble is when we think – we're done. Yeah, that's that's complacency, yep. and that's where the devil creeps in. That we're, I, I've used the example of the alligator that I have sitting on my dash before. You you got to stay in the rapids. Yeah, you get to the calm water, and that's where the gators are. And that's that's our nature. That's where we want to get. We we want to get to calm waters. We want to, and that's where you know this time of year we're talking about peace. I just recorded a, a little special uh, podcast snippet just a little while ago and we were t- it's talking about peace. Mm-hmm. And so many times we confuse peace with somehow we've arrived. We're yeah. done. That's not what peace is. That's right. Peace is often experienced in the trials, mm-hmm. in the hard things. But don't conflate being somehow we're done mm-hmm. because we're never done. We we never pull off all those layers. The day we get to the core of that onion is is when we meet Christ face to face. Until then, keep peeling. That's right. And when you have a setback, just like in running, like when when we have a setback in our running lives, what do we do? Well, we we maybe we take time off sure. or we whatever we do, we just get back on it and we start back up. Right? Rip that layer off. That's keep right. Going. And keep going. And the same thing goes for our spiritual lives. If you have a on your faith journey, you're going to make mistakes. We know we're human. The atomistic nature of us, we're going to sin and we're going to have setbacks and we're going to feel bad about it. But we just got to keep moving. Absolutely. Right? Peel back another layer. Here's a question. Is God tugging on your heart to do something that will require you to have courage to accomplish? I'm going to step out on a limb and say he's always doing that. Oh, that's a good, good point. Whether you're hearing it or not is the question. Whether you're acknowledging it or not is the question. But God is constantly pushing you to step outside your comfort zone. That's true. So true. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of those things where um, I feel like I'm – I don't mind doing stuff and being outside in my – I kind of like it actually. You know, with the whole – 
I know some people like with with the upward thing, mm-hmm. you know, with with us becoming part of upward for a lot of people there's a lot of tension in that mm-hmm. for me there's a lot of excitement in yeah that absolutely because it's like look we get a chance to do do something new different and a whole new direction and so uh yeah that's um that, that's kind of in mine and your nature um but it's like you know i'm sure there's somebody listening here right now Mm-hmm. Um, who, who maybe they need to pull the trigger on working towards a marathon. You know, they've thought about it, they've thought about it, they've thought about it, and they just haven't done it. And maybe the fact you're listening to this right now is proof that God God is trying to move you in that direction. And, uh, and of course, you can sign up for that Couch to Marathon right now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're signing a bunch of folks up right now. but um, Or maybe you have a ministry or something out there that, that you have thought about starting. And you know God is prompting you, mm. and you're you're like, hell, I don't have all I need. Or I, a lot of times, God doesn't want us to have all we need to get started. Mm. He just wants to see our faith. So um, we're a, we're a ready aim 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 society. We are, we are. Yeah. But the problem is, too many times I'm a ready fire aim person. <laughs> yeah. So I get that out of order sometimes. But <laughs> yeah. you're right. I yeah. mean, if if God is prompting you to do it, the things that will hold you back are. Your own conscience, your yourself, other people around you, uh, maybe people that are close to you, um, and that's that's where it gets really uncomfortable. But many times, that's where you know it's right. Yeah. And I know that's so hard to wrap our head around sometimes. Uh, but many times, when when God speaks to me the loudest, He's telling me to do things that make no sense. Yep. To me, that yep. I'm not capable of doing, that others will. Say he's crazy for doing that, and the reason why why else would he prompt a guy who was a mediocre running at best, who had never been to seminary and didn't know the Bible as well as you should? Why else would he prompt him to start a running ministry? Because I can't take the credit for it. I right. can't take the glory for that. Yep. Only he can, and that's. That's why it feels that way so many times is because he's pushing people to do things that they can't take the credit for. They're push- he's pushing people to do things that will fail if he doesn't show up. Yeah. That's where God shines the brightest. Yeah. But that's where we try to throw the cover over it the most. Yep. In this case right here, Shannon, she goes out to the, this this thing, <laughs> yeah. right? And it's it's clearly it's outside our comfort zone, but I think probably what motivated her was probably this whole idea of, uh, you know, the shoes, them donating a pair of shoes. Mm-hmm. And so she wanted to do something good. And so she went out and she met with these folks and she doesn't talk about this in the story, but I will almost guarantee that Shannon shared some things with some people that were God inspired mm-hmm. and that she had an impact on somebody, whether she knows it or not, or whether, they knew it or not. She she probably had an impact on those. So a lot of times we take those chances. And then look what she got out of it, too. She got to meet probably some, maybe some potential Olympians, right? Mm-hmm. She got to meet some pretty cool people um, in, in doing it. So she, she got the fact that she was shining her light, as we always say. Mm-hmm. And then she got to meet some folks just because she stepped out of, out of her comfort zone. Hmm. Another question what do you need to let go of so that you can follow the path that God has set before you? So a few years back, I, 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 I was talking to our youth group at church, and I, I did an illustration of Hebrews 12.1. And I think you've actually done this, too. I have. Uh, I went and I bought one of those um, 
sleds that runners like i think it's more for like sprinters or football players but it's like a sled that they they put a harness on and they have a sled and you can stack weights like from the gym on it and you can run and it helps you with power and all and and i i put that sled out there and and i got lane up in front of everybody you know right lane is a good runner so everybody knew where i was going with this so i put that harness on him and i said okay you know lane is going to run from here to the back of the sanctuary as fast as he can and and we kind of did played it up dramatically and lane was kind of like stretching and getting ready and i said hold on and i had like six 45 pound plates sitting off to the side and i went over and i picked the first one up and i I forget what they all said but the first one i picked up was like greediness yeah and i held it up where everybody could see greediness written across the plate and i went i stacked it on that sled and then i picked the the next one up and i held it up where everybody could see it and it said pornography across the plate and i went and Set. And and I had all these envy, and I had all these different sins mm. that ensnare us. And I, I put them down, and before you know it, it was like, I don't know, what's 45 times? I think it was seven. So, I mean, 300, 400 pounds yeah. of stuff on there. And I said, all right, Lane, it's time to take off. And Lane couldn't hardly budget. Yep. And that was just a picture of what Hebrews 12, 1 is. It's It's – Get rid of all that stuff. Yeah. And you can run the race that is set before you. But what we try to do, we or what we often do is is we saddle ourselves with all this stuff that's just slowing us down to a walk. Yeah. And and but the bad part is so many times we can't see it. Yeah. This we like we we store up sin like it's some kind of collection or something that we keep in the closet. And what Hebrews twelve one is telling us is and what the question that Shannon is asking here is, what do you need to get rid of? Mm-hmm. Take inventory of what that is because it's not just going to go away. Yeah, You have to consciously get rid of it. You have to, first you have to name it. You mm-hmm. have to identify it. You have to confess it and you have to repent. Yeah. Then it comes off that slit. But until you do those things, you're just weighing yourself down. Yeah. Well, and sometimes I thought I want a whole little bit different direction on this one too is sometimes our thoughts um, – Kind of, kind of get us and got. This is this happened to me. So I don't know if I. I hope I didn't talk about this last week, but um, I was actually in this very building. They had a beauty pageant, mm-hmm. and this it was so packed. I mean, it was people were yeah. people were at the windows looking in the windows because yeah. it was so crowded. Anyway, my granddaughter was in it, mm-hmm. and my first thought was, I'm watching. They've got babies, and they're they've got these babies, and they're showing them. And it's like my first thought was, this is so bad. Mm-hmm. We're so focused on what we look like. And that is, I, it was just, it was breaking my heart. And I thought, I don't know that I, I like that, right? And God just whacked me upside the head and said, look a little closer. What do you see? And as I look closer, I realized these are girls who are focused on their femininity. Mm-hmm. And frankly, right now, femininity femininity is under attack. Sure. And... It was, it was God saying, don't be so myopic about the way you look at things. Look at things through my eyes and see mm-hmm. what I see. These girls are having a great time doing something that they love to do. And it is, it is proving a biblical point mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. as much as it doesn't look like they are. Right. Now, you can take it to a, a wrong extreme, oh, yeah, yeah. as we can everything. But, man, I love it when God does that. And so a lot of times these things that weigh us down are those things that where we're just we just think wrongly. It's things you make up in your head. Yes. Yeah. And God will, he'll straighten you out if you'll ask him to. <laughs> yeah, absolutely will. And he'll do it a lot of times when you don't ask him to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, last question. Where are your eyes focused? Yourself? In other words, self-consciousness? Others? A people pleaser? Or Jesus, the originator and perfecter of your faith? Mm. That's the million-dollar question, right? Absolutely. Um, why are we doing anything um, the scripture says, you know, if we're doing it for anybody but God, then it's it's all in vain. Hmm. And um, in the grand scheme of things, it really doesn't mean anything unless we're following his lead. Well, pull it back to, I mean, the, this if you're listening to this podcast when it comes out, it's December the 18th. Where's your focus on this Christmas season? Yeah. It's the same thing. I mean, society is trying so hard to pull our eyes. I'm sitting here looking across the street at a... Um, manger scene that you you guys have here in Cahutta. Mm-hmm. God, I mean that that's the focus. Yes. it's not the Christmas tree beside it. It's not Rudolph that I'm sure is right around the corner somewhere. I mean, all, all those things are great. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I love the pageantry of Christmas. Yep. Believe me, all you got to do is walk up on my back porch, and you know <laughs> that I love the pageantry of Christmas. And that's okay, so long as our focus is not there. Our right. focus has to be on Jesus, especially during the Christmas season, because we're going to be set apart. If we do that, we're going to be different, and different's good. Yeah. Um, when when everybody is so focused on the hustle and bustle of the season, if they can see peace and joy and love in our lives, mm-hmm. that's different. Yeah. And they'll notice it, and that's why. That's why. The, the number of people who come to the saving grace of Jesus Christ this time of year is higher than most any other time of the year. And it's yeah. because the contrast is so stark yeah. during this time of year. But we have to be willing to draw that contrast. Mm-hmm. So many times we get sucked in to what everybody else is doing and we don't look different. And looking different is good. Yeah. Looking different is looking like Jesus. He is not the same as the world. That's right. And we have to look like him and not the world. And it's so hard in this day and time because what's the world telling us? The world, the world has this term, self-care. Like yeah. we need to, you know, we need to be looking at ourselves and taking care of ourselves first. And and I get that. I mean, for a lot of people that use those that that term, they're not they don't mean it in a bad way, but our first focus has to be God. Because mm-hmm. God will he, he tells us he will take care of us if we'll look if if we'll do what he wants us to do. Um Self-care won't be a problem, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, again, just like you said, focus on – and this time of year, it, 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 it's it's easier this time of year, I think, to mm-hmm. focus on God. And maybe that's just because I have that relationship with Him. Mm-hmm. But it's just – it's it's so evident all around us this time of year. There's – the opposite is evident too, right? Our eyes sure. are full of all sorts of things. But, you know, yeah, really embrace – Gosh, that manger scene, Mm -hmm. man, when you think about it. Mm -hmm. Mm. 
Do you struggle with motivation to exercise? Are you looking for something that will challenge you and inspire and motivate you? The Run for God Run Club is just what you need to get off the couch and on your way to a fitter, healthier you. Stop trying to get into better shape and do it with the help and inspiration of thousands of others who are going through the same challenges you face. Whether you are participating in the Couch to Marathon Challenge or any of our other challenges, or you're just looking for a daily pick-me-up to get active, join the Run for God Run Club today. You can join for as little as 27 cents a day. So what are you waiting for? Get started today at runforgod.com. All right, so we're back, and I mentioned a while ago that I had a story, but I didn't want to take away from Shannon's story because Shannon's story is way better than mine. But she was talking about showing up to a race where she felt illegitimate to be there. I did this a few years ago when Lane was – I don't know if I've – you may know this story, but Lane was doing a triathlon down in Claremont, Florida. And uh, it was – they have a, a, a pro field – and at the time, time Lane was – they had youth elite and junior elite, which is like different age categories under 18 years old. And then they had an open field. And so I thought, you know, it would be great. I can do the open field because they had the pro field and then they have the youth – so the really fast young guys, 18 and under, and the really fast older guys who are professional. I thought, open field's for me. So I took my bike and we got down there and I got signed up and, and it was the day after, or no, it was the day before his race. And, uh, so I got up early that morning. We went down there. What I failed to recognize was that the open field was the collegiate field. (laughs) So I walk in and I'm in transition. All I see are Florida state kits and Georgia Bulldog kits and you know because all these colleges have club teams club club teams for triathlon and I was the old dad (laughs) walking in the transit I had so many people looking at me but I was so proud because I wasn't even close to first but I definitely wasn't close to last (laughs) so I I held my but yeah talk about feeling ill-equipped yeah try being a middle-aged dad Walking into transition, knowing you're about to hit the water with a bunch of college guys. I bet. Yeah. It was, uh, so that's awesome. So I never signed up for that race after that. <laughs> I don't understand it. Uh, well, somebody posted a link this week to an article about a woman in Raleigh, North Carolina, who has a 40 year running streak. Her name was Barbara Lotta. Um, it's the second longest streak for women in the in the country. Uh, I guess the second longest of all time. Uh, the longest is 43 years, according to the International Streak Runners Association, which is an unofficial list. We mm-hmm. don't know that there's not somebody else out there. But um, most people who are streak runners um, are, are on it, I would say. So she started way back in December of 1983 and has mm-hmm. run every day since. Isn't that amazing? That is. <clears throat> and she, the, she just thought it would be a good idea to go for a run one day. <laughs> and so she went for and She had two sons. She wanted to be a good example for her sons. She wanted her sons to run with her. And so she thought it would be good to be active. And here she is. Wow. 40 years later, still doing that thing. She's 82 years old now. Wow. Um, 
So, and a lady with the, lo- the longest streak, her name is Lois Bastian. She is 87 years old. Um, so, and there are only six women who have a streak over 25 years. I thought that was interesting because on the men's side, there's 80 that have a streak of at least 25 years. Wow. So that tells you the difference between men and women, doesn't it? Men are crazy and stupid, <laughs> ignorant sometimes. Um, you know, I've t- talked about my former cro- my former coach. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's about to hit 50 years, like in the next week or two. Yeah. And um, he has run under conditions you should not be running under <laughs> because uh, he wanted to keep that streak going. So you got to be fortunate to be this healthy. That's what I think. That the takeaway from this is, man, look how fortunate this lady is sure. to have been so healthy that she could do this for that long. Pretty, pretty cool. Don't take your health for granted. All right, it's a time for Dean's thoughts. That's a time when I share something that I've written about the intersection between running and faith. Well, do you know who Ron Popeil is? Nope. You never heard that? Never heard of it. Wow. Well, this one's called Mr. Popeil. Ron Popeil is the most famous pitch man in history. He sold over a billion dollars worth of his products through various outlets. He perfected his craft in his family business selling on the streets of New York, but that wasn't enough for Ron. He partnered with a friend and started a company called Ronco. If you're over 40 years old, you have probably heard of Ronco and may have even purchased some of their products. The most famous was the rotisserie chicken cooker. Ron spent many hours in his kitchen cooking chickens, hundreds of full chickens, to get his machine perfect. He would cook them at different rotation speeds and for different lengths of time until he came up with the best combination to yield the juiciest, best-tasting chicken available. Ron was very proud of the quality of his products. The rotisserie chicken cooker came out in 1998 and is still available today. Ron became famous through television. His demonstrations have been shown on every network thousands of times. He's perfected the two-minute pitch. But if you asked Ron why he was so good at selling, he would tell you that it wasn't anything he did. It was the product. You see, Ron's secret was to let the product sell itself. His goal was to prove that the product was worth your four easy installments of $39.95. Not because he told you it was worth it, but because the product told you it was worth it. That technique is now the only way to sell anything. Have you ever tried to get someone to try running or walking? We have probably all tried at one time or another, but people know that running hurts. They know that walking takes time, so they are hard sells, right? Well, how do you think Ron Popeil would sell it? Let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, I have the answer to what ails you. Having trouble sleeping? I have the fix. Has the doctor told you you need to lose weight? Let me tell you how. Does heart disease run in your family? I know how to lower your risk. If you could fix those issues and 99 more, would you be willing to use 3% of your time to do it? Of course you would. And boy, are you going to love the cost. Would you pay $1,000 for it? Well, you don't have to. How about 100 Well, luckily, you are, you're going to get a better deal than that. For the answer to nearly all that ails you, we are letting it go for the low, low price of free 90 free. Get yours today. (laughs) Running and walking, 
it sells itself. And isn't that what our testimony is all about? Once again, the Ron Popeil method would be to let it sell itself. And it's easy to do. All we have to do is tell our story. Simply share how God has radically transformed your life for the better and who can turn it down. They may turn turn it down the first time they hear it, but just keep telling your story because just like we bought that rotisserie chicken cooker the fifth time we saw it on television, it may take five times for someone to see the full value of your story. Ron Popeil sold over a billion dollars of smokeless ashtrays, the pocket fishermen and rotisserie chicken cookers because he let the product sell itself. Millions of people have become runners and walkers because they have seen what it has done for others. And millions more have come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ because they felt the sincerity, authenticity, and passion in the testimonies he created. But there are many more we need to share with. Ron Popeil never stopped selling, and we should never stop sharing Christ. <laughs> it's a great story, Dean. <laughs> So have you have you ever bought anything off the TV like this? I had my, me and my brother both had pocket fishermen. Did you never have a pocket? What is fisherman? a pocket fisherman? Really, I don't know. What Golly, that is. I feel so old right now. <laughs> you are. <laughs> <laughs> the pocket fisherman was a fishing pole that was this long, and if you're listening, it was like it, it wasn't 18 inches long. Yeah, and um, it had a, it folded out, and you just used it as a. It, and that was one of his products. We had those when we were kids. My really? mother got them for us for uh, Christmas one year, I remember. Hmm. And um, yeah, so yeah, I've had some some stuff. You probably, you've probably, I know you've seen some stuff. I'm sure I have. Um, because it's it's all over. Yeah. Now now you have all those sections of the store that says seen, as as seen, as seen on, on TV. TV. Yeah. 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 Well, Mr. Mr. Popeil, Ron Popeil, he was the originator of the the whole idea of selling stuff on television. Wow. So uh, yeah, what a, what, it was a, and he was just he was just good at it. There was yeah. something about him, huh. you know. So interesting. Yep. And this title is a, a a nod to Weird Al. I don't know if you ever listened to Weird Al, but I've always I, been a Weird yeah, Al fan. Yeah, I know you have. And uh, <laughs> he's got a song called Mister Propeel. Does so, he really? Yes. Yeah. You talking about this guy? Yeah. Yep. Oh wow. Yeah. It's 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 good. So. Um, yeah. So you know, a, a lot of people get started running because we think it may help us Mm -hmm. um and then we keep doing it why do we keep doing it well because it does we realize that it does um the plant-based diet is a good example for me i you know i started it because i thought it would be a good idea to try it Mm -hmm. well why am i still doing it today Mm -hmm. well because i know that it it works sure and so um it's just so important to see that things work Mm -hmm. and um that's the best that's the best way again for us to to share our testimony right you know something just hit me as you were saying that you know i listen to i talk on here a lot about i listen to dave ramsey and he talks about you know his method of getting out of debt is is all in it's doing he he says if you're not doing it all in because a lot of people will call in and they say well I'm 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 doing what you say to do but I'm not doing this and he calls that Dave ish. Huh. How many times do we do ish? Mm-hmm. You know, a plant based diet works for you because you really do plant based diet. You don't. I mean, you you eat a piece of meat every now and then, but for the most part. You do plant-based diet, and therefore, it works for you. 
Right. But it, it's kind of the same way in our walk with Christ. Mm. People want to do ish. They do. They want to do follow Jesus ish yeah. when it's convenient for them. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step out on a limb and say sometimes that's worse than not following him at all. Mm. Well, in fact, it is worse than fo- not following him at all. Because you know Jesus better. himself said that. Yeah. Lukewarm. Mm-hmm. He wants us to be either hot or cold. If we're lukewarm, he vomits us out of his mouth. I, I don't know why that just that came into my head, but so many I think so many people aren't experiencing Christ. They say, Well, I just I'm not getting anything out of it. It's because you're not you're you're ish. You're not going all in, and ish is worse than not following at all. I, I don't know why that came to my mind. I said it. Um well, hopefully I, think it, I didn't step on any toes, or hopefully I did step on some toes. Well because that's where a lot of people that are close to me, that's where they're at. Is they go to church. They they have the maybe they have the um, the Jesus sign over their doorway going into their home, but they live like the devil six days a week, and that's a recipe for misery. It is plain it and is. simple. It it is, and and you know what it does is it pushes other people away. How many times do we hear people say the reason hypocrites. they don't yeah, you, the reason I don't go to church is because it's full of hypocrites. It is. And, you know, it's like well, one more won't hurt, but mm-hmm. the <laughs> but the the. That's tr- that's so true. And we're not we're not so- sitting up here on some because oh, sure. I'm I'm the I'm the chief of hypocrites. Yeah, I'm not I'm not I'm not pointing fingers. I've I've got four pointing back at me as I'm saying this stuff. Absolutely, because it's very convicting to say it. So many times the the peace thing that I recorded right before this podcast, I said on there. Why did I record this? Well, because I need to hear myself say it. Yep. Because I need to hold myself accountable. But yeah, I don't know. This yeah. was a, this was a great a great story, Dean. It's a really it's a really good point, and I, I just I want to say that you, you know a lot of times we think we have to have all the perfect answers for everything. You know, we need to know everything about apologetics to explain uh, to somebody why you need to be a Christian, and we need what you what we need is we need lives lived for Christ. Right. And when when we are completely sold out in that case, man. What a difference that would make. We, we, we'll never have all the answers. No. I mean, as a family, we're reading through Revelations. right? Now. I got done last night, and I was like, I have no idea what that means. <laughs> I mean, and, and, and you just have to accept that yeah. sometimes, that we're just we're not going to know the answers, and that's, that's okay. But so many people, that, that stops them, that slows them down, and they don't, they don't there again, the fear creeps in. I don't want to not have the answers. Well, I don't have the answers, and if I don't have the answer, I'll tell you I don't have the answer. And I'll go look for it, and I still may not find it because there mm-hmm. may not be a good answer on this side of glory. But we have to accept it on faith. Yeah. And you know, in the long run, I was thinking about this, that you know the quote from Eric Little in Chariots of Fire where he says, mm-hmm. I believe God made me for a purpose, but he also made me fast. Mm-hmm. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel when I run. Mm-hmm. It's like I was made to do that. And like I feel guilty if I don't run because I feel like that's why God made me, right? Now, that's not everybody. I'm not saying that everybody listening to this ought to feel that way. That's my, But my point is, is that that, that feeling it is so important to why I run. Well, I, I have to have that same feeling in my spiritual walk as well. I need to understand that God made me for that purpose. Yeah. God made me 
to uh, to worship him yeah and when i when i can get that connection it's no different than that than the way i feel about running right it's that same feeling of i i have to have more and when you get that um, and people see that again to the point of this this whole story once people see just how invested you are and how you're thirsty for more of god it, it'll it'll sell itself yeah good word Dean. would you like to experience the bible in a different way than you've ever done before well you can join me coach dean as i read through the entire bible every day for a full year You don't want to miss hearing this transplanted Southern boy try to pronounce those biblical names now, do you? It may be good for a laugh. In addition, I share running and walking tips and some inspirational quotes along the way. Get your daily dose of the Bible from a runner's perspective in the Run for God Run Club Walk Through the Bible. You must be a member of the Run Club to get access. So if you're not a member, join today. If you are a member, just find a Walk Through the Bible under the Nationwide Challenge tab every week i share a reason why running and or walking is so awesome and this week it is this running is freedom (laughs) we don't need anyone else nobody has to throw out the first pitch we don't need a ticket we don't have to wait for the gates to open, and it and it takes you out of the world, even if it's temporary, right? It's a great escape from all that pressure and everything. It's a great escape. It's freedom. Um, I don't know that I feel any freer than I do than when I'm running, and so uh, there's a good reason hmm. for running and or walk, walking too. Walking will get you get you out away from everything, um, and and get you free all right so i saw this video of caitlin tui this week uh, which i thought was cool she's sur- solving a rubik's cube <laughs> and so she had another guy there and they were racing and she won and she's she she, yeah but she saw the rubik's cube in 52 seconds i was wow. very i was really impressed wow i think it was her personal record too really she did it yeah um but of course, Lane would crush her. Lane Lane would probably finish faster than that. But you know, there's a world record that we keep talking about, trying to get him to break, and it's it's the world record of running a 400, the fastest 400, while solving a Rubik's cube, and we're pretty sure he could break it. I think he could. We need to get. Are we on. ever going to do that? We need to, don't we? We do. Golly, yeah. Because the wreck. I mean, it's it's not that fast. I mean, for me, it's crazy fast, but for for Lane, it's not a big deal. It's like a minute, isn't it? Or just under a minute? No, it's way more than a minute. Is it? Yeah, right? I don't remember. It's we, like, we need to dig that back up. Yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. make that happen. We need to make that. Well, he, we got to get him back in shape Yeah, where he can he's run that fast back. first. He's, he's getting there. It won't be long. Yeah. It won't be long. But yeah, we need to figure out how to do that for sure. Anyway, talking about Caitlin, she's going to be turning pro. After three and a half years of college, you know, she signed with Adidas, uh, which I love. Um and it's pretty cool because, you know, we've seen so many of these child prodigies 
that mm-hmm. they grow up and and while, when they're really young, they're these superstars, and we talk about them and all this stuff. And they're gone. And, and then they're gone. Yeah. And it's so sad when that happens. And Caitlin was one of those that yeah. we we talked about from middle school years, and now. Um, she's going pro. So it's really good to see one of those child prodigies yeah. turn out to be a big deal. So I, I love that. And I wonder if, you know, maybe maybe we need to start looking at her life. What did she do differently? Did mm-hmm. she do something differently that got her through that? You know, the whole thing is this female runners, they go through these, these hormonal changes mm-hmm. that make that transition really hard. And um, she somehow got through it fairly easily so i wonder if she's a good study for that interesting we'll talk about fast running recently the men's and women's 5k indoor records were broken at the at boston university the um at the 5k there graham blanks of harvard and the guy who just won the ncaa championships ran 1303 for the men got the olympic standard um so fantastic he's from he's from um uh from georgia Mm -hmm. um lives in athens georgia uh, it's his home. Uh, and then Parker Valby of Florida, who also was the winner of the NCAA cross country. Um, she set the record. She's the first collegian ever indoor out or outdoor to go under 15 minutes hmm. for 5k. Um, so really, really impressive. Um, so, it, and then there was this discussion. I don't know how you, how you feel about this. There was this, this discussion because in the men's race, apparently all of the, the people who are being lapped, they moved out to lane two so that he could take lane one um, so he would be faster instead of having to run around somebody. But in the women's race, nobody moved out of lane one. And so Valby had to go around these other runners. What are your thoughts on should because there were some people that were really mad. They thought the women were selfish and they should be moving out of the way. And what do you think about that? Uh, you know, I think it's I think it's courtesy. To move out of the way. I, if if I were in that race and I were being lapped, I would move out of the way. Well, what if you were running a PR at the time? I, and I, so I'm, I'm getting to that. I, okay. I, I, do I think it should be mandated? I think is kind of your question. I, I don't know. Maybe. I know in triathlon, you know, in these races that Lane does, there's a lap out rule. If, if you know, yeah. they do four laps – and if the lead biker catches the last biker, they have to physically get off the course. They have to get yeah. off their bike and carry it back to yeah. the starting line. And that that Good is point. that is sometimes a safety thing, yeah. you know, because you you don't want the number one biker interacting with those because that can just get because they have packs and you, you know, there's a lot of things can happen. Yeah. Um, I don't know. This is where it gets kind of sticky. You know, it's at that level. This is not it. It's you shouldn't have the charity mindset, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, maybe it should be because, yeah, you've got people out there who, you know, for Parker Valby, she's she became the first female to ever run under 15. That's that's going to be a feather in her cap and could potentially boost her career. Mm-hmm. And to have somebody who's just getting in her way out of spot, 
That would be a shame. That would be bad, and that, that shouldn't happen. It shouldn't happen. It didn't happen here, but it could. Yeah, it yeah, could. yeah. And I don't think anybody did anything on purpose. No, but, no, I'm not saying they did, but they could. Yeah, they if could. you let that rule stand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just, I, I think we can't judge people for it personally. I think if you, you know, if you were courteous and moved out of the way, I don't think you did a grand gesture. I think it's nice for you to do that. Right. But if you didn't move out of the way, I don't think that there you. If you're so focused on your race that you didn't get out of the way because you didn't know she was coming, then right. I just don't see anything wrong with that at all. I don't. No, know. I don't. But I think, I think maybe, maybe the burden falls to NCAA or or whoever the governing body is. Don't as organizations you have to eliminate situations like this before they happen. You know, I. Because it's well, why, why? I don't know. I'm so conflicted on this. Why is it fair to tell that athlete you have to run longer than 5K because you're slower? Why would that be fair? Right. That that's where I that's where I because here's the here's the truth. When when Parker Valby comes around that person that's in lane one, she just gets out of lane one just long enough to get around that person. Well, if you're getting out of lane one in order for her to pass. You've got to do it way before she comes up on you. You're going to be out of lane one for a lot longer. Yeah, and I'm not talking about those instances. I'm yeah. talking about where, where you're, you're opening the door for people to do things out of spot. Yeah. Jealousy, whatever. Yeah. Um, that would be bad. Yeah, it, w- yeah, it would be a shame. Yep. Well, I, I just I thought it was an interesting yeah. thought. So we see it sometimes and sometimes we don't. Well, let's, how about a trivia question for this week? This one's a very simple one. What is the most popular racing distance for runners? You probably know the answer to that one. I bet you would guess right. I have to think it's staring us in the face. Yeah. (laughs) If you know the answer to that one, dean at runforgod.com is the email address. Send your response there. The first person with the correct answer will win $20 off in the Run For God store. Free money. Free money. And we'll leave you with this motivational thought of the week. It comes from Thich Nhat Han. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right or not. So he's some kind of Vietnam peace activist guy, but I liked what he said. He said, sometimes your joy is the source of your smile, but sometimes your smile can be the source of your joy. That is so true. Isn't that great? We, we talk about this all the time. Yeah. True. Yeah. Sometimes you can f- almost force yourself to feel better just by smiling. Sometimes smiling is contagious and you might be the one to catch it. That's right. That's yeah. right. I like that. Yeah. I know it always it always brings us. If I run by somebody, you know, we're running opposite directions on the sidewalk or something and somebody's smiling. Mm-hmm. It's just a little bit of a lift. Not much, but just a little bit. So smile out there. All right. Another episode down. Next, Next. Monday will be Christmas Day. That's right. So, so, and we're going to have a special guest on the podcast. Special guest. She was staring in the window while I go at me while I go. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, we, of course, I won't be back on here for, because I'm going to step out of this chair for our guest. But um, to everyone out there, Merry Christmas. Amen. And until next week, may God bless every step of every run and or walk. Go out there and shine your light. Good job, Dean.
For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.